We are one week away from opening day, and this is not going to be a fantasy baseball show. We've got something coming for that, but I want to talk to you about some of the hitters and pitchers that you need to know about before you walk into your fantasy baseball draft. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And let's talk fantasy baseball. It's You've got a draft coming up sometime soon. This is Thursday. We're a week away. You probably have it this weekend. You've got it next Monday. Mine is next Wednesday night. Talk about last minute. But... I want to make sure that you go into that fantasy baseball draft prepared, ready to go. So let's talk pitchers and hitters that you need to know. We're going to start with hitters, and I'm not going to come up here and say, hey, you should pay attention to Bobby Witt Jr. Like We know Bobby Witt Jr. needs to get drafted, but I've got about six guys. Uh, they're, they're common ADP right now, but just guys that should be on your radar so that either a bench stash or be watching the waiver wire so that you can pick them up uh, when when they're about to break out in the big leagues. So the first guy, we're going to actually get the first two guys. We're going to go to the same place. We're going to Detroit. So we're going to talk about Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson. Uh, you probably kind of guess these guys were going to be together. Uh, Riley Green, outfielder. His ADP right now is about a 245 to 270, depending on which site you're on. And just kind of quick clarification on this. Uh, when I talk about when I talk about the ADP on these guys and how I'm ranking these guys, this is uh, for the first two segments a redraft five by five. So obviously, you know that's going to devalue catchers a bit. That's going to um, increase the value of speed a bit because of steals. Uh, but this is a five by five redraft league for the first two segments. Um, but yeah, Riley Green. I mean. He's a guy that he should be the opening day center fielder, right? I mean, like if you're if the Tigers are serious about actually trying to win uh, this year with this young core behind all of these pitchers, you're going to have him there out there in opening day. So double and triple A last year, 301, 387, 534, 24 home runs, 16 stolen bases. So he's not a speed demon. I don't think he's going to um, be like a, 20, 25, 30 steal guy in the big leagues. But the thing about Riley Green is he's been very, very efficient at it. So his entire minor league baseball career, he's been caught stealing one time. That's it. So just very efficient, uh, very good at, at understanding and knowing when he can run and being able to give you something in that category. But then also hitting, very mature hitter, excellent plate discipline, um, and particularly good at making hard contact. And obviously, as we know, you get barrels, you get hard contact, you're hitting balls with that 95 exit velo. Um, you're you're going to, those balls are going to fall for hits. You're going to drive in runs. You're going to pick up those counting stats. So, Riley Green, I think worst case scenario, he debuts by the All-Star break. And I say worst case scenario, we're discounting some sort of major injury like Josh Young or something. But I think Riley Green debuts no later in the All-Star break. He really needs, should break camp with the Tigers, but we'll see what they do. But either way, Riley Green, I got to watch for. Another guy, same kind of place right there, 220 or so in ADP, Spencer Torkelson. So Spencer Torkelson, um, 
I mean, the thing with him, he hits the ball to all fields. He makes consistent contact. I mean, and he, he showed a 75% contact rate between um, single A, double A, and triple A last year. Uh, had a slow start, but like despite that, still put up 30 home runs and 520 plate appearances. I mean, he's a he's a 30 home run threat if he spends the entire year at first base um, for Detroit. And so another guy, kind of be paying attention to, be kind of watching uh, as far as in your draft, depending on how deep your league is. Guys, you might be able to pick up later rounds there. And then some of the the deeper guys here. Couple guys, if you have a larger league, last year one of my leagues was 20 people. Uh it's probably it was as hard as you as you would think it would be. You have uh six pitchers, nine position players, uh, and there was no like middle infield. It was, you know, first, second, third, short, three outfielders, utility guy, catcher. Like it was uh 20, yeah, 20 people. It was it was rough. So because of that, I always find these these deep cuts. Uh, first one I want to give you, Bryson Stott. Uh, shortstop for the Phillies. So ADP of around 400 or so. Uh, not a flashy guy, but um, if they're serious about winning, then you're going to see Stott start at shortstop to open the season. He went from high A to triple A last year. Slash line 299, 390, 486, 16 home runs, 10 stolen bases. He's been getting better as far as plate discipline is concerned the entire time he's been in the minors. And so Didi Gregorius is the favorite to start at shortstop, but I think that Bryson Stott's going to overtake him reasonably quickly. And he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to get you um, to contribute in the steal category a bit. He's not going to, he's not a burner, but he's going to contribute in that steal category, still be able to get a little bit of pop, a little bit of home runs there. And have a good batting average. I think he's somebody who he's going to be able to hit major league pitching. Um, going to get into the real deep cuts here. Uh, I've got two. I'm kind of iffy on one of them, but we're going to go for it. So the first one, outfielder Seth Beer of Arizona. I say outfielder. He's going to be a DH. Uh, glove is terrible. I think I saw Fangraphs actually had him at a 20, at a 20 grade for his glove. But So he's going to be stuck in your DH or utility spot. But... The bat, the bat works. Triple A last year, 287, 398, 5'11, 16 home runs. I feel like he's probably a 20 to 25 home run guy if he's playing every day. Uh, I know I don't know a lot about how he's recovering from the shoulder surgery he had last year. Um, and he may have to platoon it. I'm not quite sure how that's going to work, but you can do much worse around, you know, like when you get around 480 to 500 than a guy like a Seth Beer. And then the other guy, uh, and then. Uh, Stephen Kwan um, with with the Guardians. Uh, so not a flashy guy, um, plays outfield. But what I think you need to know about him is um, elite at contact. So he's going to be your your batting average guy. Last year, uh, between double and triple A, 341 plate appearances, um, 328, 407, 527. And when I talk about like elite contact, double A, 88% contact rate. Triple A, 92% contact rate. And last year wasn't just like a weird year. He's done He's done that his entire career. He's not going to hit for a ton of power. Not going to steal a ton of bases. But late round batting average guy. He, um, I mean, he hit 12 home runs last year. I think he's probably a 15 to 20 home run possibility. He stole six bases and eight attempts. So, I mean, you look at a guy who's going to bat, probably bat 300. In the big leagues, I'm assuming he comes down 30 or so points. 
uh, could pick up 15 home runs, five to 10 stolen bases. I mean, that's that's good for the very end of your bench, you know, like a, like a deep league kind of guy. So Stephen Kwan's not going to win you your league, but he's going to be helpful. And in just a minute, I want to tell you about some of the pitchers that I'm kind of interested in when it comes to fantasy baseball drafts as far as prospects this year. But first, um, this is... Again, it's time for the tournament. Um, the day that this goes up on on Thursday, tonight is the Sweet 16, uh, the first matchup tonight. I believe that is Michigan and Villanova, and then Texas Tech and Duke and Houston and Arizona all play. So, like, some great matchups coming up. Um, obviously, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs, your odds, your contests, your player props, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's the best spot for sports scores and news this season. And if you're not into college basketball, that's fine. NBA basketball is in there as well. They've got their baseball stuff is up. We, I keep getting emails from the Bet Online folks with Cy Young odds and um, division winner odds and all that good stuff. So you know, by, by all means, check them out. Go to the website. Use your mobile device. Check out the trends in action because Bet Online is where the game starts. So we're looking at some of the pitchers, um, like late round rookie pitchers. Same thing with the hitters. I'm not going to say, hey, you should look at Shane Boz. Like one, he's having the elbow clean up. But two, like we know about Shane Boz. Everybody's going to have him on their draft boards. They're going to know about him just like they know about Bobby Witt Jr. Let's talk about some guys a little bit deeper than that. So the first one I'm looking at um, is Joe Ryan from the Twins. And Joe Ryan is a guy, he was consistently was like an under-the-radar guy with the Rays from 18 to 21. I got a chance to actually watch him in person at AA. Uh, so career ERA in the minors, 226 innings, 267 ERA. Um, 326 strikeouts in 226 innings. And I think the reason why he didn't get a lot more attention is because his fastball isn't incredibly fast, but um, he has tremendous movement on it. So the the fastball drops as it comes to the plate, and he gets more than four inches of like vertical break on average on the fastball. I mean, it's it's and you look at guys who have good ratings for like how much their fastball drops, and you see like Robbie Ray, uh, Walker Bueller, things like that. Like he's up there with them as far as how elite the movement is on the fastball. Uh, he was traded to Minnesota in the Nelson Cruz deal, and had five starts there. 405 ERA, um, 0.79 whip, 26 innings, 30 strikeouts. Uh, you Again, velocity doesn't impress you, but he's one of those guys that the deception that is there between the release point, the movement, the arm angle, all of that makes the fastball greater than the sum of its parts and greater than the um, greater than his velo, like greater, greater than what the speed gun says. And so he's not going to be an ace. But he's one of those guys you can take, you know, when you get in, into the 200s, that's going to help you stabilize your ratios. It's going to give you good strikeouts, um, you know, and, and, and so and pretty much all you can ask for from a rookie pitcher in fantasy baseball. But he's just going to be somebody who's going to help fill out the back end of your of your rotation on your team. Another guy, Aaron Ashby with the Brewers, a uh, lot of hype for him. And I was kind of, I, I didn't expect when I was putting this together, I didn't expect to have him on the list. But you look down at his ADP and he's in like in the 260s or so. And I think part of it is, is he pitched 13 appearances last year, 31 innings, 
Uh, he only had four starts, though. And I think the reason that a lot of people aren't, aren't talking about him is the first start and the last start were bad. So first start, uh, I think it was two or three innings against the Cubs. He gave up like seven runs, four of them were earned. And then the final outing um, was like six runs against the Dodgers. But if you knew, when you take those out, you look at everything else, his ERA was one was 178. And so if those aren't there, he probably has a much higher, um, you know, a, a, a much, much higher ADP than like 260-ish. Uh, and, and it's somebody where elite slider, he gets strikeouts with that. Uh, he gets a, a ton of swing and miss. He gets a ton of ground balls. And so he's not, I mean, he's not giving up tons of hits. A uh, little bit worried about like walks. He has a tendency sometimes to have a bad outing here and there. But for the most part, he's going to be able to give you, he's going to be able to, to keep guys off base, help your ratios a bit, still get some strikeouts, especially if he pitches an entire season. I mean, he's going to be a good option for you. And then go into some of the, uh, some of the, the, Deeper league guys, Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo with Cincinnati. Both these guys are kind of low. Hunter Green's around 350 or so on ADP. Nick Nick Lodolo's around 420 or so. But both these guys, I think, are people who are they're going to get starts for Cincinnati. Cincinnati's looking to tear down the rotation. They've only got three reliable starting pitchers as it is. And so Hunter Green. Last year, 330 ERA, 106 innings, 139 strikeouts. We've seen him in spring training so far. Uh, fastball is absolutely electric. I watched him the other day strike out somebody with like, I, th- I think he hit 101. Maybe it was Monday or something on a spring training outing. Um, slider. He gets, it's almost 50% swing and miss on the slider. And so Cincinnati has the, the roster where he's going to have an opportunity to play. Uh, they have the matchups where he can go out there and they can, they can throw him five or six innings. He's going to learn on the job. You're going to have some growing pains, but he's got the talent. He's got the elite tools, uh, and I think he can, he can contribute strikeouts and hopefully ratios for you later in a draft. Uh, same thing. Everything there, exact same for Nick Lodolo. Uh, now, I think he's lower because he only pitched 50, injury, uh, 50 innings last year because he got hurt, but uh, 231 ERA, whip was below one. Uh, not a, he's not considered as a huge strikeout guy, had 78 in those 50 innings. So again, one of those like, I mean, higher strikeout per nine than Hunter Green, only walked 11 guys. So he's going to help your ratios. Um, he reminds me, and I'm not making the comp, but for fantasy purposes, he reminds me of a guy like a Shane Bieber, where he has really good command and he kind of evolves over time and becomes like a higher end fantasy starter. And so... You know, Nick Lodolo, have him on your radar. Understand he's going to have some growing pains early, but he's absolutely going to grow into that on the job, and he's going to be great. And then another guy, uh, Reed Detmers. And starting pitcher for the Angels, and people are probably kind of confused about Reed Detmers because he had five starts last year, didn't look that great. But double-A, triple-A, he was really good. I think he's going to win a job in camp. Um, And if he does, he's got one of the, the best curveballs in minor league baseball. He's got a fastball that's gotten ve- that's that's gotten faster. He's added velo to it. He's got a good slider. He's got a good changeup. He gets a lot of swing and miss on those. And so, given some natural development, like you expected, given hopefully the Angels being a better team, having a healthy Trout, having a healthy Rendon, having you know Walsh at first, and obviously Otani and everything else, I expect him 
to have better defense and better run support behind him. So he's going to be a guy I think is going to get you strikeouts. Uh, he's definitely going to contribute at a high level. And the last thing that I want to kind of bring to you is Dynasty. I didn't forget about forget about you Dynasty guys. So I've broken this up into two groups for Dynasty players. Because a lot of people, if you're in a Dynasty league, a lot of the normal um, prospects that top 100 are already drafted. Somebody already has them. And so what I have is either a dynasty player, an existing prospect that I think you should buy low on, or a future player to go target. Somebody who is probably kind of newer, is probably available in a first-year draft. You can go take him later and stash him. So dynasty players to buy low on. Edward Cabrera, starting pitcher for Miami. Uh, you've seen Sixo Sanchez is not throwing right now. Um, Max Meyer is really popular. Yuri Perez is really popular. And Cabrera is probably going to start the year in the rotation. And people aren't talking about him. I think he's just as good. Now, part of the reason people aren't talking about him, 26 innings last year, 581 ERA. Look kind of gross. But in the minors, the stuff plays. Uh, 23% strikeouts in the big leagues. Not ideal. Triple A and double A last year, high 30s. And so he's a guy that I think you can buy low on, make a trade offer in your dynasty league, get him because he had a bad year last year. Uh, Same thing with Yankees outfitter Jason Dominguez. He's a guy where, I mean, he had a ton, I mean, I think it was 2020, he was valued in the top five for a lot of dynasty drafts as far as taking new guys. And... We've still seen him, like we've seen him hyped and stuff, but we looked at the physical transformation. We 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 have and we've discussed those concerns on this show, and so I feel like because of the single uh, the, the year he had in low A, you know two two fifty two average seven thirty two OPS five home runs, you're going to see some people who are down on Dominguez. You could absolutely go out there and get him. I think he still has the potential of a thirty thirty season. We've heard good things about his physical fitness. We've heard conversations about how Rachel Balkovec is going to help him in New York and how they have a relationship. And so I think like Dominguez is a good buy low candidate. Um, Tyler Soderstrom with Oakland. He is a catcher. Don't worry about that. I don't think he's the catcher of the future. They went and got Shea Langleers from Atlanta. He's the catcher of the future. Um, I see Soderstrom as being the new first baseman to replace Matt Olson. So... I like, and I think Oakland's going to do that sooner rather than later because his bat is so is so far along. They want to get him in the lineup, so um, my, you're probably going to have to give up a little bit more to get him. But I mean, last year, 306, 395, 68, 12 home runs, 88. I think it was 88 RBIs. Um, so 19 years old. Did all of that at 19 years old. So prospect people, obviously, you know, we know him, but. Uh, not everybody in your fantasy league is going to know Sutterstrom yet or is going to know that he's going to move from catcher to first base and be the new first baseman. So go out and get him. Um, He's a guy. And then another one is Austin Wells. And Austin Wells, uh, for the Yankees, I'm going to call him a catcher. He's not going to be a catcher. Um, He's a guy that is more useful in fantasy baseball than real life. Uh, So... Like, in real life, there's questions about his defense. Is he going to be a first baseman? Is he going to be an outfielder? He's not a catcher because it's an automatic green light whenever he's behind the dish. 
But what we care about in fantasy baseball is he can absolutely flat out just crush a baseball. Now, he's got a high strikeout rate, but he has a high walk rate as well. Um, A league like my go-to league that uses on-base percentage instead of batting average, Austin Wells is a little better in that league than he would be in a different league. Um, As long as you can keep strikeouts below 30%, you know, we'll live with it. But uh, he's probably going to play the most this year in in AA. Uh, I've seen people compare him to Bryce Harper. That's a terrible comp. Uh, That's... That sets people up up to feel bad about what what they're getting, but a comp like a Kyle Schwarber kind of makes sense. A guy who defensively you got to figure out a spot for him, but he can flat out hit the ball. Uh, that's who Austin Wells is. So if he's if somebody's holding on to Austin Wells in your dynasty league, go get Austin Wells. All right, future players you can target. Some more of these. These are guys who are probably. Who, who are going to be available to be drafted because they're new into professional baseball. Uh, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but just a couple guys. Obviously, you need to be prioritizing as you go through this. Uh, Jack Leader, starting pitcher for the Rangers. Uh, he is as close to a sure thing as you're going to see from a pitching prospect. He is incredibly polished. He is, I mean, obviously his dad was a big leaguer. Uh, but, I mean, he is. he looks like the real deal. Do not forget about him in your dynasty drafts. He is going to be somebody who... I would expect he's probably going to be on that very accelerated path where two to three years he's up at the big league level making starts. Think about like a, like a not a comp, but think about the trajectory of somebody like a Casey Buys. You know, rather quickly made it up to Detroit and making starts. Same thing for Jack Leader. So Marcelo Meyer, shortstop for the Red Sox. 19 years old right now. He's a guy, don't make, again, with the comps. I see a lot of people like, oh yeah, Corey Seager, Corey Seager. Listen, Marcelo Meyer, he's got uh, great plate discipline. He's got great hitting in strengths. He's really good with the controlling the barrel. Um, you know, so offensively, he is as good as advertised. By the time that he has grown into his body, they will be ready for him uh, in some capacity in Boston. I know they have two prominent infielders, middle infielders right now, but Bogarts has an opt out after year one. I am not saying Meyer will be up next year, but I am saying that. Keep in mind that they will find a place for his bat. They have um, multiple guys who are going to be free agents in the next few years. He always has the potential to move somewhere if you need him to move because you have a guy there at short. But somebody to prioritize in your draft. A couple outfielders you should be watching for. Um, Colton Kowser. So outfielder for the Orioles. Um, I think he's 22 right now. Fifth pick last year. But uh, he's a guy, he's... He hits a lot of line ground balls and line drives right now. He's gonna as he adds strength, he's gonna add some loft. Those are gonna become fly balls, doubles, and then home runs. Uh, he's got he's got good power. He's a guy where he's gonna hit in the middle of the lineup. And by the time he gets up to Baltimore, it is going to be hopefully a different Baltimore team than what you see right now. So somebody to keep an eye on. And then Sal Frelick for the Brewers. Not gonna be a superstar, but. It's very easy to see how he can contribute at a high level. He's got good contact skills. He can put the bat on the ball, put it into play. And then the good thing is when he gets the ball into play, he is incredibly fast. And he's one of those, he's one of those like Vidal Brujan type fast guys that is so fast that they they put stress on the defense and they can turn, you know, bunts into base hits and you know, ground balls to short into base hits. And so South Relic. It's really easy to project what he is now and project him into a big leaguer that is valuable from a fantasy perspective. So 
Keep an eye on him as your dynasty draft is coming around and you see all these new players at it for the first time. Um, stay tuned. We have a uh, there was a great article came out Wednesday night from MLB projecting all 30 opening day lineups. And I want to go through it because there's not a lot of rookies on there and it's making me mad. So we're going to talk about the prospects that should be in there. Uh, if you have questions for the show, remember, mailbags every Monday. Uh, we are at LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. You can also, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is on Twitter at LockedOnFarm. Send any of those in. We're going to get to your questions on Monday. Uh, but until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.